0: Now, listen, they want me to say hello, welcome to the James Whale well best bits of tonight's show. I wish you can hear every night Monday to Friday on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen, see what you think. The James Whale well Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Um, Andrew Bridgen, one of my favourite Conservative MPs for West Leicestershire. Good evening to you, sir. North West Leicestershire, James. Sorry, sorry. Is, right, okay, gosh. All right, I've got, right, North West Leicestershire, guys, please. Um, because there must be another MP in West Leicestershire, I suppose. Um, you're not one of the MPs who's been uh, throwing their toys out of the pram about Dominic Cummings, are you?
1: Well, my first reaction, I think, uh, when I heard the news story break. Uh, was probably the same as everyone else. I was pretty angry, annoyed, and feeling tremendously let down. I think, however, as the stories developed and we found out that quite a bit of what was being widely reported in the media was, in fact, uh, false. Um, Mm -hmm. And having heard his uh, statement, um, I think he's probably
0: done enough to... uh, carry on drinking in the last chance saloon. Trouble is, though, that the media now seem to have control of the country, don't they?
1: Well, I think they'd, they'd like to think so. I mean, if if, if 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 the media had control of the country, we probably wouldn't have had a concerted landslide at the last general election. So I, mm. they do, to a point. It's the London media, um, which yeah. dominates most of all. And I think that's what we... It irks us a bit here in the Midlands and certainly further north. We feel it has very little to do with our day-to-day lives. This story has uh, has stimulated a feeding frenzy by the the media, hasn't it? Uh, it's been 24/7, um, and you know it has blotted out all the other things that are going on. Um, you know, interesting things like on Saturday it was announced that Northwest Leicestershire were going to get funding for uh, exploratory. <laughs> Uh, report into uh, reopening our beaching cut railway line, the Ivanhoe yep. line. So that was yep. uh, on Saturday. On, on Saturday it was, or Sunday it was, the announcement of the biggest amount of money the government had ever put into getting homeless people into housing and off mm. the streets. That, that that didn't get any airtime. And the nope, an annou- Announcement that we're the government are easing the lockdown further with the opening of open, mm. door, open air markets and car showrooms but everyone everyone wants to talk about Dominic Cummings. He's an interesting character. Um, I've met him a few times over the years, obviously. Um, I couldn't say that he's a friend of mine. He's he's very difficult to deal with, but I do think we saw a a more human side of him uh, uh, today, and um, I think you might find him slightly changed by the experience. I mean, he's someone who's used to working under pressure, but the pressure he must have been under... um, and having had a very bad bout of the coronavirus, which I've suffered myself, which is, uh, mm. it, it is unpleasant. Can I tell you two things you probably don't know about Dominic Cummings that probably won't get reported? First of all, he's never joined the Conservative Party, uh, despite <laughs> he's not a member of the Conservative Party. And secondly, yeah. he's not, although he's the most uh, prestigious and uh, highly acclaimed of the advisors in number 10, he's nowhere near the highest paid because he says that he takes a salary of £100,000 because he believes that no-one is worth more than £100,000.
2: I like that. What man
3: well, of principle? Yeah.
0: yeah, and I think that's a, an extremely good point, and there'll be a lot of people well, I wish I earned that much but money. Because, yeah, not that
3: hundred uh, k is, um, you know, pittance.
0: <laughs> no, but there are an enormous amount of people in middle management and other, other places of uh, uh, companies who earn that, and a bit more. And then there are other, They're not a huge amount, obviously. And then there are others who, who earn, you know, a few million a year here, there and everywhere.
1: And but, let's, uh, let's look, at, look, at, um, look at the situation. So he's... The, advi- the chief advice to the prime minister, the prime minister was ill, seriously, critically mm. with, with COVID-19. Yeah. He had a very bad bout of it himself. He's got a five-hour drive back to work. He's been cleared by the medics and he decides mm. to make sure that he's up to a five-hour journey. Now, he's a critical worker. He's key to the government's strategy moving forward of dealing with the, the pandemic. If we'd said he was a doctor and he'd, he'd contracted COVID-19, he'd, he'd recovered, been given the all-clear to go back to the hospital, and the hospital was five hours' drive away, and he wanted to make sure that he was up to that journey, we wouldn't have been having that conversation about him, the, the media would not no, have had no. that fantasy about him at no. all.
0: No, and the amount of people who probably did interpret the rules in the way he has, who aren't known and are not, and uh, 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 are not public figures, uh, nobody knows about them either. Um, no, always good to no, talk. No,
1: no time, at no time did, did um, Dominic Cummings <coughs> put anyone else at risk,
0: and he, no. at the same time, he protected his family. Uh, Andrew Bridgen, conserved MP for. Northwest Leicestershire. The James Whale Show. Come praise the wheel on Talk Radio. Uh, now, one thing that um, Boris did say, and nobody really took any interest, but uh, uh, schools will be going back on uh, Monday. I believe is it the first of June or is it fifteenth? Can't remember. Uh, the government intend to reopen schools for earlier pupils, uh, reception, year one, and year six. Then two weeks later. Uh, years 10 and 12 going back to school, which is a brilliant idea. Why would anybody disagree with this? Jeff Barton, why?
4: Well, I think it's probably a number of things, um, James. I mean, in general, I I represent uh, 19,500 school and college leaders. We support the principles behind this (laughs) because, of course, you want children to be in formal education. But that's not to say that people won't have concerns about it. And I think to raise questions about the safety of staff of children but also of parents dropping off, is a reasonable thing to do. And I've generally been reassured by the science of that. But some people probably need more reassurance that it is safe to drop their child off at school.
0: So then you're fine with, uh, I mean, some parents, uh, noth- some parents, nothing will placate them, will it? Uh, because, you know, that, that's the way they are feeling. Um, but uh, you're quite happy then with the schools opening as they have been intended to and are supposed to.
4: Well, I think there's a number of surprises in what the government have said, which are just worth kind of exploring if that's right, because we're living in a world of social distancing where we're, we're keeping our two metres apart. So it, it seemed a bit odd that when, when Boris Johnson announced we were going to bring children in, that you would start with the very youngest, the reception and year one, because by definition they are the least likely to be able to do the social distancing. Now, I I now understand, really? from, listening to this, I, I now understand from listening to the scientists that actually social distancing in a school context means something a little bit different. It means keeping small groups of children together, not mixing with other children of different ages. Mm. And the advantage of doing that with very young children isn't so much what happens in school, it's that they will be dropped off at school, they're not going to mingle in the community, and essentially Mm. the decision around opening schools is partly making sure we don't get community transmission and that's why the riskier part of it in a sense is bringing those older students and you mentioned the year 10s, year 12s, the GCSE and A level and it's important to understand that what's being suggested there is small groups of students coming in and essentially in the same way staying in small groups within schools so it's it's not going to be business as usual but at least it does start to move back to some formal education for some young people
0: You've got any thoughts on uh, on education Alex and going back to school or not? Yeah.
3: I do a couple lots of thoughts always got lots of thoughts so a couple of things that um <laughs> have uh... Quizzed quizzed my mind lately. The first was when the two unions came out, the one that no one can say the acronym because it's got too many letters, NAZURT, and and the other one. Um, One came out and said, you know, teachers mustn't go back on the 1st of June. This is terrible, fire and brimstone. And the other one said, teachers shouldn't be expected to do distance learning and put their lessons online or have to Zoom their children from home because this is so dangerous. And together... You end up with a recipe of teachers shouldn't have to teach. And and I felt that rather than the union seeking to try and um, find solutions, when actually the government had already said to the majority of the population, those of you who can and and, and should go back to work must do it now. But those who need to shield for medical reasons can do so. And I'm sure that applies to the teaching profession as well. Mm. So. That sort of rattled my cage a little bit. And all right, well, let's ask
0: Jeff. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's ask Jeff uh, what your response to that is, Jeff. Yes, all right. Well, two, two or three things. So, first of all, what, what we know is that, that schools
4: have kept going for priority pupils, and that's been teachers and teaching assistants, making sure for a small number of pupils they have had uh, continuous coverage, including over bank holidays. And we ought to just pay tribute to that. Secondly, I think that it 's probably a bit easy to caricature what the teacher unions and i 'm not a teacher union leader and, uh, school leaders want but but what they were doing because essentially all of us in trade unions have a responsibility to make sure our employees are protected and in this, you know I was a head teacher for fifteen years, and there was stuff I could control and stuff i couldn 't. And here there are some bits of science that it seems to me only reasonable that there should be reassurance about <laughs> before we say that, that we can have more children and more more, more, um, uh, more, more children and more teachers coming back in. And that's, that's what the trade unions were doing. Your point about Zoom learning and that kind of thing, um, I think there's a bit of a caricature there. I think that what we would advise is if you're doing live face to face with whole groups of children using a platform where there are security issues, Zoom was one of them you are better advised to use something else or to record yourself and to post it. That is about protecting the staff and protecting the children. But there's no principle saying you shouldn't be doing the most innovative type of teaching you can do if you've got the technology either at home or in your school.
0: Um, Jeff, thank you very much indeed. I'm afraid we've run out of uh, time. Jeff Barton, General Secretary uh, of the Association of School and College Leaders, thank you for that, Jeff. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, it's really good news that, uh, apparently, according to some retail experts, uh, shoppers we're going to enjoy the biggest ever sales. There'll be a tidal wave of bargains as a retailers try to flog the unsold stock. Bargain hunters are set to enjoy the biggest summer sales on record. Uh, as soon as we can get some of those shops open, and we've just heard, of course, outside markets and smaller shops, independent shops, and maybe a few cafes can open up, uh, some on the 1st of June, some on the 15th of June. Let's talk to retail expert Claire Bailey. Hello, Claire.
2: Hello, good evening.
0: Hi. Hi. Um, so, how? since this, uh, obviously, this, <laughs> the new information came out right this evening, um, yes. it, it's good news, isn't it?
2: Well, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, obviously, uh, the shops have not been able to sell the product that they've been purchasing. And purchasing product, as you have just talked about being a trainee buyer at Harrods, can run for up to 18 months. So, they will yeah, have a supply chain that goes out much further than the stock that's in the shops i'm not sure i'm hearing also stories about retailers like seeking warehousing space to sort of put all Mm. this stock that's not yet hit the shops that might be in various stages of production even put that away and bring it back out next year because it might save them money taking these massive discounts of course means that they're not making any profit whatsoever they won't have any yeah. money for their rent and their rates and their employees and so on. And we've seen plenty of them in a precarious position. So I, I imagine that the stuff that's literally sitting in the shops now may well go on to huge discounts. But the rest of what's in the supply chain, that sort of whole tail of stuff that hasn't yet hit the shops, that might be put literally on its own little furlough until mm. next year.
0: Well it might that might upset the manufacturers, of course, who will be wanting to make new stuff for next year. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be a bit of yeah. a, a, a what's it anyway, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, there's I'm a absolutely biased.
2: Bottleneck in the whole supply chain yeah. people haven't been shopping; they haven't needed to. And if you're home working, and you know you don't need to buy a new suit because you've not worn out the other one, because you're sitting there on Zoom or Skype or whatever mm. doing online meetings in your doggers. <laughs> there has been well, yeah, I've I've um, products though. No?
0: I'm doing my show in uh, in a t-shirt and pants at the moment, well, short. <laughs> and have been. Have been every day since um, I, was, uh, I was here back in the bungalow. So uh, it's really good on washing
2: <laughs> this, but and, this is and cleaning. Thing. I think people need that product. So whether it's discounted or not, and also people are very worried, aren't they, about what's going to happen to their job. If people are currently furloughed mm. and there's sort of no end in sight to that and there's, there's an extension to it and, and everything else, will they really want to be rushing out and grabbing a bargain? Because it's, it might be 70% discount or whatever the discounts are, but is that something people want to do? So I have a, I have a different view. That so Yes, the bargains might be there for a while, but with consumer confidence as it is, and people worried about what's coming, I'm not convinced that there'll be this mad rush to the shops. It'd be good for the retailers yeah, the stuff... if there was.
0: Yeah, but the stuff in the warehouses now... Mm. Uh, which they, uh, I, I suppose, they've got the summer stuff out in the shops yeah. now. And uh, yeah. that will be great. It,
2: in, in sort of January, after the sales, they launched the early summer product, which is sort of a transitional mm. range of products, in, particularly in fashion. But normally around Easter, which they missed, they would then bring the next phase of stock in, and then they'd have yeah. their sort of high summer, which is all your beach wear and everything else. Yeah. Well, none of yeah. that's really hit the stores yet. So it's somewhere in the supply chain. If it's not super high fashion, you know, having to keep up with the catwalk, why not keep that until next year, bring it That's out next idea. year and make yeah. more profit?
0: The James Whale Show. Come praise the Whale on Talk Radio. That was uh, the clips for today. The worst of Whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, On Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.
3: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands.